You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Kingdom Keys, the official Chiefs pregame podcast for Arrowhead Pride. I am Nick Schwert with Price Carter, Nate Christensen, Maurice Elston. The Chiefs moved to 2-1 and one with their beatdown of the Chicago Bears last week. Now getting ready for a week four matchup against another equally depleted and defeated team in the New York Jets. But guys, I would be remiss if I got more than 30 seconds into this show without talking about not just the thing that everybody in Kansas City is talking about, but the thing that, weirdly enough, has gotten people all over the country talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs have not been the main story in the NFL really since that opening loss to the Detroit Lions. You look around the league, some of the teams that are getting a lot of buzz, like the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, what's wrong with the Bengals? Nobody seemed to want to talk about the Chiefs. That is until Taylor Swift showed up in the suite, sitting next to Donna Kelsey. Now, all of a sudden, the Chiefs are the only thing that anybody wants to talk about. So just off the bat here, really quick, um, I don't want to make this a Taylor Swift episode, but what has been your guys' take of this thing that has sort of taken Kansas City, the United States, the world by storm over the last 72 hours? Well, Nick, I think you might have buried the lead there a little bit. Um, there were two of the most powerful women in the world at Arrowhead on Sunday, uh, second being Taylor Swift and the, the all-power Donna Kelsey, correct? But, I mean, you know, here's the thing. People can roll their eyes and get frustrated about this. Taylor Swift is bigger than Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes combined. Like, world tours that are selling out NFL stadiums, soccer stadiums, day after day. This is the biggest, like, media star in the country right now. And if I can understand some people having concerns about it saying, well, you know, this is a distraction. Like I heard someone say, go as far as to say, like, you know, this, this just tells me the Chiefs aren't a Super Bowl team this year. I would understand that if maybe this was the 2020 Chiefs after they won their Super Bowl in 19, a lot of distractions. I think the pandemic helped that 2020 Chiefs team stay focused because they were all just like in a bubble together. But Last year was such a, a year full of distractions for the Chiefs. Mahomes was building a house. He had another baby. He had a film crew following him all around. He had the ankle injury. Travis Kelsey did a podcast that's like an hour and a half long every week. And it's like one of the most popular sports podcasts ever. There's all these distractions around the team. And like they put up like an incredible year and won the Super Bowl. So like if there's any team that can handle this, they can. I don't think it's as big of a distraction as everyone's making. Like it's not like Jalen Watson's walking into the locker room today thinking about Taylor Swift. Like it's just kind of like a oh that's neat thing. You know I, I I understand why it's a big deal. I think that it should be celebrated. It's great for the NFL. Like think of all these. Like I saw one of the demographics was like. 19 to 22 or something like some age range was like the highest women watch percentage of any NFL game for the chiefs game this previous week. So we love this game. We want it to grow and be great. This is, this is how it grows and be great. You know what it is to me. It's just funny, right? Maurice, like at the end of the day, it's like, we can overanalyze this. What does this mean? Is it good? Is it bad? Like, it's just a funny thing that doesn't really make any sense to me. 
So I'm just going to enjoy it until it goes away, if it goes away. And that's how it is. It's like, hey, it's only two probably stars that can get this type of reaction out of everybody. That's probably probably Taylor Swift or Beyonce. One of the two of them show up to your game for whatever reason. It's going to get national attention, right? So you you, you embrace it. It's more eyes on the Chiefs. Um, I like that. Travis Kelsey jersey sales is shooting up. I'm not mad at that, right? I think it, I think it's a good thing, and eventually it'll die down. It'll become his personal life, unless of course, like they break up or something, then it'll it'll jump jump back to the top of news or something. But I don't feel like it's. I'm glad it's Travis Kelsey because I feel like he's someone that when he's out on the field, he's going to focus. He's going to do what he he's used to being in the limelight. He's used to being on a big stage and having to still perform. He's used to the pressure being on him. So if it was somebody of a lesser caliber or, or a player that this was bringing all the attention to that wasn't used to any attention, then I might say it's, it might be a distraction to their game. But Travis Kelsey's going to go out there and be Travis Kelsey no matter who he's dating. So I, I welcome it. I'm like, bring on, bring the attention so we can show y'all the rest of the world who's not football fans why you should be a Chiefs fan. All right, Nate, we need a dissenting voice. Tell us why this is a terrible thing for the Chiefs. I mean, I don't really think this matters for the Chiefs. The only thing that matters to me is this is driving me insane. I'm so tired of this already. And it, I, it, the worst part is it's going to be overplayed even more now, especially on like Sunday night football primetime. I mean, how many, like, take a drink every single time Taylor Swift has mentioned. You're not going to make it to halftime. I, I just would prefer to watch the football game. But in terms of the actual, like, on the field product, no, I don't think it actually matters. I, most of these guys can separate their personal lives and the football stuff pretty well, especially with an Andy Reid team. This won't become an issue. I'm sure they're going to have play calls centered around albums or something like that. But um, yeah, I, I don't really think this matters in reality. Yeah, I, I you're totally right on that. I would imagine at some point this season, if this relationship is still a thing, Travis Kelsey will have to pull out a Taylor Swift touchdown celebration dance. I mean, the guy's known for his touchdowns. He's known for his touchdown celebration. So I imagine we'll be treated to that. And by the way, in case you were wondering, Taylor Swift reportedly will be in att- attendance on Sunday Night Football in New York City. Chiefs, Jets, Price, that brings us to the injury report for this week. What's the latest on who's going to be available and unavailable for Kansas City on Sunday? Yeah, so as we're recording this on Thursday, we had three Chiefs that did not practice this week or today. Noah Gray was out due to illness. Nick Bolton is still out with an ankle injury. Jalen Watson popped out, popped up on the injury report today. He was a full participant yesterday with a shoulder injury. Today, he did not practice. Uh, Donovan Smith, Kadarius Tony, Chris Jones, Isaiah Pacheco were all limited participants. And then for the Jets, uh, pretty short list. Wes Schweitzer, which is a backup guard, has a concussion. He's not uh, he didn't practice. And Tony Adams, who's kind of a rotational defensive back, did not practice as well. So it looks like uh, probably the only two players that may or may not play for the Chiefs would be Nick Bolton and Jalen Watson. Uh, I'd be surprised if Nick Bolton played. Jalen Watson popping up probably means he might not play as well, given their depth at the position. But relatively two healthy teams. Speaking of Nick Bolton, who's dealing with that ankle injury, didn't play last week, which meant an increased role for Drew Tr- Tranquil. I think it was 82% of snaps for him in that win over Chicago. Uh, Brandon Daly and Steve Spagnuolo kind of praised him at the press conferences on Thursday. I want to get into this really quick before we give our keys for the game. If Bolton isn't able to go, how comfortable are you guys specifically with the depth that the Chiefs have at that linebacker spot? I mean, longest for me, longest Drew Tranquil, um, Willie Gay, 
and Leo Chanel is healthy. I think with those three, we're fine. Like if one of those go down with Bolton being down too, then I think we may be getting ourselves in an area where we start seeing a drop off somewhere. Um, and that's not to say that Nick Bolton is, is not great. He's a great player, but I don't think you're going to see a ton of drop off in a game like this between with the linebackers we have. I, I agree. Um, as long as Drew's here, he can call and communicate the defense. He can get people lined up and things like that. And he's playing very good football through three weeks. Um, I do think like over the course of like a larger sample, it would be um, the run defense would probably be worse without Nick Bolton. But I honestly think the coverage in the middle of the field is better with Drew Tranquil on the field because Drew is such a good uh, coverage player. So especially in terms of this matchup versus the uh, Jets who cannot run the ball to save their lives, I wouldn't be super worried if Bolton can't play. I think having a real backup mic is such a valuable part to this year's team that the Chiefs really haven't had in my lifetime, really. So like that, that I think as long as they have Drew Tranquil playing and healthy, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, we've talked to, like linebackers are kind of a money ball position of the NFL anyways, because it doesn't matter how good your linebackers are. If the defensive linemen are getting pushed downfield, it's hard for them to get off blocks to be able to go and get the running back. Um, Nick Bolton, I think we think a little bit higher of, of him here in Kansas City than the rest of the NFL does. Um, he does provide a little bit more thump in the run than Tranquil does, but Tranquil is definitely the better coverage guy. He's PFF's highest graded Chiefs linebacker thus far. Um, he's 25th amongst all qualifying linebackers. So I, I think like Leo Chanel is going to be a you know a guy that provides that kind of fill. And they've played quite a bit of two backer sets this season anyway. So um, I, I really think they can mitigate it. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking end of season that Willie Gay is the linebacker who's phased out. I don't think he's going to stop playing altogether, but I think he may be the one whose snaps go down the most of the four um, because I, I've really liked what I've seen from Leo Chanel. And I think Drew Tranquil definitively has a role on this team, no matter what the status of Nick Bolton is. All right, let's get into this game. Sunday night football, primetime matchup in New York City versus the Jets. And when the schedule came out before the season, this was a game we all had circled. And then four snaps into the Jets season, Aaron Rodgers tears his Achilles, and now it looks like one of the games you can just sort of scoff at, move along, get ready for week five. Yet the Chiefs taking on the Jets, Zach Wilson in at quarterback still. I cannot believe this experiment is still going on in New York, that they're convincing themselves that this guy might be their best option at quarterback. So I don't know if we need to do keys for this game, but we're going to do keys for this game. Maurice, why don't you start us off? What is your key for the Chiefs to get a win versus the Jets on Sunday? I mean, I think my key really is just going to be for the defensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs to do exactly what they did against the Chicago Bears this week against the Jets, right? Last week, they um, totaled 21 tackles, uh, four sacks, two hits on the quarterback that were not sacked, and, and, and most of all, 15 Harrys. If they can get that type of pressure on on a Zach Wilson, he's going to he's gonna turn the ball over. He's he, You know, I think they'll try to focus the Jets getting the ball out of his hands, trying to run the ball, not force him to throw unless he absolutely has to. On those down when he has to, I just think the key is to continue to get the pressure on him without even having to blitz. If we can get the, the pressure on Zach Wilson, the Chiefs get the pressure on Zach Wilson without blitzing, I think that just opens up so much for our defensive backs and our linebackers to be able to go be playmakers. So I really think that's just a key to victory. Keep the pressures on, keep the quarterback hits up, keep the sacks going, and Chiefs Kingdom can enjoy some Big Macs. Guys, I feel like we're at the call your shot portion of the season because if we get much further, everybody's going to start getting on this train. 
I know it's the Bears, but we talked about this last week. Like, if the Bears are as bad as we think they are, you should kill them. And that's exactly what the Chiefs did. And the Chiefs' defense specifically shut the Bears' offense down. Is it time for us to, like, have the discussion if this defense is going to be one of the top five units in the NFL this year? I think I think top five is probably going to be a little strong by the time the season's done. Factoring in, you've got two games against Justin Herbert, a game against Tua, hope, you know, likely a more healthy version of Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and even some of the crummier teams in the division have been pretty proficient on offense. Like the Raiders, yeah, they've got Jimmy G, but they still have Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Michael Mayer, um, and even the Broncos have been a little bit more um, equitable on offense this year. So I think top five is a little strong, but quite frankly, like with NFL defenses anymore – there, you either get a truly elite defense that is transcendent, like your 2012 Seahawks, your 2015 Broncos, your 2000 Ravens, or you just get a def- a couple of defense that had a ba- an easy schedule that are good. Um, the Bills are the best example of this. Several years they came into Arrowhead, oh, this is the best defense in the league. And then you look at their schedule and it's like, oh, well, you played the AFC East quarterbacks and like a bunch of softies. And then they get up against Patrick Mahomes and they look like an average defense. I think I think the most important thing for the Chiefs defense this year compared to other years is, um, are they going to be able to generate turnovers and game-changing plays? Obviously, they needed Chris Jones to do that in the AFC Championship last year. And he, and he did that. And, you know, despite the results on the field, I feel like the Chiefs defense played pretty good in the Super Bowl. They made the Eagles go to fourth and one and third and one and like try to get every down as much as possible. So I, I think they still have that potential, but I definitely think this is the highest ceiling they've had with um, in the Patrick Mahomes, Steve Spagnuolo era. I mean, ever since Trent McDuffie came back in like week nine last year, they've been a top 10 defense by any metric. Like they, this is a, we're approaching about a season's sample of very good defensive play, and they were strong in the uh, playoffs on defense. Um, like I, I know the Eagles scored thirty five in the Super Bowl, but it was the most impressive defensive performance for giving up thirty five. I can really remember because like everything was hard for the Eagles. The Eagles just had such an overwhelming amount of talent. Um, the thing about being like a top five defense is like Price mentioned, you have to be at least good against the top teams in the league. And the Chiefs certainly haven't faced a top offense yet. Um, I mean, I guess you could consider Jacksonville, but Jacksonville's kind of a mess right now on offense. Um, but, I mean, they've certainly got the potential to do it. I, I There's been nothing that would suggest to me that, like, this is super volatile. Like, they're not getting a ton of turnovers or a crazy amount of sacks, like things that just, like, maybe a bad team, like, you run up the score on. They're, they're just playing good, sound defense right now, and they have a lot of different ways to solve problems. So I see no reason why they can't be that. It's just about consistency. And to your point, like, we're talking about good teams, bad teams, but one of the things that I think is a, dif- a difference maker for them this year is the fact that they're holding bad teams down. In the past, some of the Chiefs defense, they would let teams through the back door all the time, and it's like, like even last year there was a couple of those games with the Broncos. It's like, hey, why are we, like, gotta have it here in the fourth quarter against, like, the Broncos or some of those other bad teams? Um, and, and I think this is, like, kind of how good defenses get going, too, is they build this confidence through some weaker parts of the schedules until they have the belief that they can go do it against the best of the best well if building confidence is the motto i'm not sure this little stretch here in the Chiefs' schedule could have worked out better for them going up against the bears one week and now the new york jets nate what is your key for a chiefs win on sunday yeah so i'll just speak myself personally my favorite football matchups are when you have strong o-line versus d-line play that's always like to me that's just always just like the most fun thing to kind of think about and see kind of play out 
And the Jets have one thing that they're very good at. It is their defensive line. Since Robert Sala has come in, they've really done a good job building up the defensive line. You have a blue chip player like Quinnen Williams, who has emerged as one of the best um, defensive tackles in the league overall. But they also just have a strong amount of like ancillary rushers. Like Carl Lawson has been very good for them. John Franklin Myers is someone they signed as a free agent and has been awesome for them. Just running up and down the depth chart, Al Woods, Quentin Jefferson, Solomon Thomas. That's a strong defensive tackle room. Off the edge, Bryce Huff and Jermaine Johnson, who was a first-round pick last year. Jermaine's been really good to start this year. They drafted Will McDonald in the top 15, and he's been inactive so far, which is a little bit concerning for a top 15 pick, but they're still like very good rushing the passer. Without to be respectful, they're waiting for his 30th birthday to activate. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> the AARP card? Yes. Um, yeah. Okay, continue. My bad. But no, you're good. Um, but like their passers is so strong that they don't even like need Will McDonald on the field right now. But the Chiefs have a very good offensive line. Uh, I believe I saw that saying they are the only – them and I believe the Cowboys are the only offensive lines not credited with the sack yet. Uh, so like that's super um, impressive. The time to throw has been very good this year. The pockets, just watching the games, have been so clean on Mahomes. The tackles are playing well. The interior is having a great pass protection year. Basically, besides Aiden Hutchinson, nobody has made an impact rushing the passer this year, like at all. And it's just going to be a fun matchup because the Jets they get after it. They turn up field. They rush the passer from a lot of different angles. They bring in like eight bodies. They have they've made the 49ers model of just having so many different guys come in and play with their hairs on fire. And they've also done an impressive job because they rotate so much. Guys are always super fresh. Uh, like Quinn and Williams plays. I, I don't know what it is this year, but he plays like 45 snaps a game, which means like he's super fresh on every single third down that they really need him. So it's just going to be a fun matchup. I, I think that, you know, I trust the Chiefs. They did well against the Eagles front last year. They've always stepped up very well, except for the Bucks Super Bowl against like very good defensive lines. So I'm just excited to see it because I know like the Jets, they're that's going to be something that they're emphasizing this week is hey, we gotta, you know, we gotta get the hits on Mahomes, we gotta get turnovers on Mahomes. So I'm just very interested to see what that looks like because this is the first true elite defensive line we've seen this year. And to that point, like if, if we're doing this from the Jets perspective. What you just said, the key for the Jets to pull off the upset, it has to be the defensive line, right? If you're the Jets and Mm -hmm. you're trying to figure out how are we going to shock the world and beat the Chiefs, it starts with that defensive line wrecking the Chiefs' offensive line. I don't know how likely that would be, but if you're coming up with the formula, that's what you start with. I I think one thing that is definitely plays in the favor of this game as well is like, I I don't know if any other offensive mind has the ability to do this, but Andy Reed absolutely withholds good plays. Like there are some plays that's like, Oh, preseason game here. Like we're calling the bread and butter. And then when it comes time for these elite defenses, he, he brings out the good stuff. And that was true in the 49ers game last year. It was true in the super bowl. Um, he seems to elevate the playbook and a big part of it is centered around getting the ball out quickly. Um, when Pat's going one, two, three hit, throwing the ball, like that is when this offense is at its best. Um, I know like there's been some grass floating around that actually Mahomes has had a lot of time, time in the pocket, but it's not generating a ton of EPA per a play. Um, he's, he's waiting back there a long time, waiting for people to get open, holding on to last second. Good thing is he has the time, but it's not always generating the best results. Um, this could potentially be a big Kadarius Tony game because he's one of the few players they have right now that can win quickly. Um, he was a non-factor last week. I don't know if that's that they're phasing him out or if that was just the toe entry was lingering. 
they frankly probably didn't need him in that game anyway. So he's someone that I would watch in this game, but I think we probably get the best version of this offense against a good defense. And they're probably going to need it. Like there's a lot of studs on that side of the ball. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Price, we'll just stick with you then. What is your key for a Chiefs win on Sunday? I I think this is one of those, like, sometimes the best defense is a good offense sort of situations. It cannot be stated enough how terrible the Jets have been on offense. They are the worst offense in the NFL by points and yards. They stink. They have they scored 16 points to beat the Jets on Monday Night Football. It took overtime and a punt. And, a, and honestly, like, the biggest miracle of the season so far has been Zach Wilson orchestrating a drive in the fourth quarter to throw a touchdown on the Bills' defense to make that a game. And even then, it took a punt return for that to happen. Then they've scored, like, 11 points and 10 points. Um, just putrid offensive output. If the Chiefs go out and, and fire on offense the way that they can and should, frankly – the Jets just aren't going to be able to score with them on this defense. The point that this game starts getting dangerous and gets mucked up is if the Chiefs aren't firing on offense. I think about this game and I think, what would Robert Sala want the Chiefs to do? If he's in here trying to figure out what he, how he wants this game to go, frankly, I think one of the things that he would want, as Nate was talking about, I think he wants the Chiefs to come out and try to throw the ball across the yard. You've got Sauce Gardner out there, Aiden Am- Adrian Amos, some really good defensive backs, and a hellacious pass rush that's going to be fresh. It's going to be prime time. That's a, that's an opportunity for some turnovers. That's an opportunity for some sacks, things that can be game-changing plays. I look to this game and I say, what if the Chiefs you know, just try to run it at them? Obviously, we know it's the Chiefs. They're not going to come out here and run the ball you know, 40 times. But I think this is a game, just like the last couple of games, when the Chiefs have been running the ball more effectively, the offense has opened up. So I do think that this is a game that if the Chiefs can just bring in a certain level of efficiency on offense, it's going to just set the bar too high for a Zach Wilson-led offense. Um, we saw a lot of Rishi Rice last week, and I, I continue to like what I've seen. He's PFS 10th overall wide receiver thus far, which is pretty surprising considering some of the drops. Um, again, it's coming back to this zone versus man situation. So last year, Patrick Mahomes was plus 37 EPA against zone defenses. That led all of the NFL. The next closest player was Jimmy Garoppolo with one EPA per play. So huge di- difference there. This year, Patrick Mahomes is negative 12 EPA when he's facing zone. We talked about it. The Lions came in here. They were the most man-heavy teams in the NFL. They came in and switched entirely to zone. I think Rasheed Rice is part of the answer to that question. 
And I think, you know, some of those cover four, cover three looks that they, they've been getting a lot, I think that him finding those soft spots along with getting a healthier version of Travis Kelsey, I think it's a long-term answer to to this offense and unlocking its full potential. So set the bar high. Let's try to continue to figure out the zone. Um, look, Like I said, look for Kadarius Tony in those quick win situations to get the ball out, and then look for Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice in the soft zones. So I'm actually just going to get right into my key price because I feel like our keys sort of go hand in hand as it pertains to the Chiefs offense because I'm looking at Travis Kelsey and I promise I'm not going to make any Taylor Swift references in this explanation. When you look across the NFL, the volume that number one elite wide receivers are getting in their respective passing games are ridiculous. Like you look at Devontae Adams or Keenan Allen or even a guy like Puka Nakua the week before who's the de facto number one in LA with Cooper Cup out. Offensive Offenses are, are seemingly, and I don't have the numbers to back it up, but they are seemingly less and less interested in spreading the ball out and directing attention to certain parts of the field as much as they are. Like these great offensive minds are just saying, this is our best player. Let's get him the ball in space. Let's find a way to manufacture open lanes for him to move down the field. And they're doing it with relative effectiveness. We saw it on Monday night with Jamar Chase, same thing with AJ Brown in Philadelphia. As we know, Travis Kelsey is the de facto number one receiver in Kansas city and seeing him the last two weeks after missing him the first week, it's a, it's a healthy reminder of what this chief's offense is always going to be with Mahomes and Kelsey, which is, Yes, we need other guys to get involved, much like Juju Smith-Schuster did last year, would have had a 1,000-yard season if he wouldn't have gotten injured. Somebody's going to need to step up. Somebody's going to need to be that guy, and it may be Rasheed Rice, like you just talked about, Price. But this offense maintaining their status as one of the elite offenses in the NFL is always going to be built around the Mahomes-Kelsey connection. And when you see specifically two of those plays by Kelsey last week, and his touchdown, with which Mahomes talked about afterwards, right? It was supposed to be a corner route. He saw the opening at the back of the end zone, audible, and Mahomes knew he was going to do it. Those two guys operate on an unspoken level, right? Like this wavelength that they have that is only created through time and talent. And no matter how much Rasheed Rice or Kadarius Toney or Sky Moore progress across the course of the season – Nobody's going to be able to match that relationship. It's not just a talent thing. It is, we have played thousands of snaps together. Like we just know what the other person's going to do. And I just, I, I, when I go through each week, like I know there will be a game where the chiefs will lose. The offense will sputter a little bit. And then we'll have to sit on here the next week and say, okay, somebody's got to step up. This is an issue. The wide receivers aren't doing enough, but yet when we get to the end of the season, the Chiefs will probably be top five in passing yards. Patrick Mahomes will be top five in passing touchdowns. And Travis Kelsey will once again be the most productive tight end in the NFL. So as much as I agree with the idea about wide receivers progressing, stepping up, defining roles, I don't want to lose the forest to, through the trees. And I, I do feel like this offense is always going to be about Mahomes and Kelsey this week and every week as long as they're together. With a chance to go to the AFC Championship with like seven seconds left, he said, do it, Kelsey, do it, Kelsey. And just like like did backyard stuff on like in one of the most epic football games we've ever seen. Like the Mahomes-Kelsey connection, it is, it's one of those things like 
when we're all old farts sitting around talking to our kids about Patrick Mahomes, like, who was that guy? Why is it? Why is everything named after him? You'd be like, dude, they they used to just like draw stuff up and do it. They didn't even like plan it. They would just like backyard it. I mean, it's so crazy that they do it at the NFL level. And you know, we can sit here and glow about it all we all we want, but it, it just can never be stated enough how special the connection is and how lucky we are to be here like during this time. It, it's truly awesome. I do feel like I take it for granted sometimes. It What's wasn't the, until, until probably like two or three years ago where it sort of hit me like you're not just watching a great duo. You're watching maybe the greatest tight end of all time play with maybe the greatest quarterback of all time. Like we'll see how their careers pan out over the next decade. But like Kelsey's already there. Mahomes it, gets a few more rings and then the conversation starts. The idea that we got to see them both play in their primes together in Kansas City winning multiple Super Bowls. Like it just does not happen. There are probably a handful of times where an elite combination like that has linked up for that amount of time in the NFL's history. Alongside Tyree Kill, the most game-breaking <laughs> wide receiver maybe right. ever. Just crazy. I, mean, I know like nowadays we don't have Tyree Kill, but like it, it was truly an insane amount of talent all at the peaks of their career. It, it's Boys. so much fun to watch. Boys, we got to build a time machine, figure out a way to get prime Jamal Charles back here. I think about it every day, every day. I just think about why, why, what could, like, why couldn't Jamal's parents just hold off another year or two or something like, just thinking about it, man. Hey, let me ask you this, Maurice, if Jamal Charles were on this team, would we be sitting here every week saying Andy Reid's got to give the ball to Jamal more? Oh, absolutely not. Andy didn't even mention it. Like he, he, he wished that he had Jamal Charles a couple of years earlier and in his career. If, if, if Jamal Charles was part of this office, Andy Reid would draw up so many different things to get the, to get Jamal Charles in space. It would be crazy. Like you, it would be hard even for a defensive coordinator to plan on how to stop this office. It's hard already. You add Charles to that dynamic. Ah, that would be insane. All right, uh, let's get to let's get to some predictions. God, we're getting nostalgic here, boys. This right. is what happens Desert, when you Jamal deserves you're better. Coming off, you're coming <laughs> off a 30 point win. You're expecting another big win, I assume, on Sunday night. Nate, why don't you get us started off? What's your game prediction? I feel awful for the Jets players. I mean, I couldn't imagine having all this offseason excitement, which I think was justified. You add a Hall of Fame quarterback to a team that's really talented on both at least on defense i think offense they were always a little overrated but a hall of fame quarterback one of the best we've ever seen chose you that's that means something like if it whether it worked or not it means something and four snaps to the season it's over i couldn't imagine like recovering from that like mentally and to make it worse you have to go back to the quarterback that destructed your season last year and seemingly is not better I, I he might be worse he's playing so bad right now last week i, I kind of had the patriots jets game on the background they were yelling on the sidelines at like nate hackett there it just seems like the culture that sala robert sala has done a pretty good job kind of melding the jets have always been bad and they, they've been so close and they've added so much talent but it feels like it's cratering a little bit and unfortunately for the jets they don't have a lot of options at quarterback right now. They just signed Trevor Simeon. So, I mean, I don't know if he's even going to be active on Sunday. If Zach Wilson has to play and he's playing four quarters, because believe it or not, he is their best option. Their backup is Tim Boyle, who I, if you like, if Tim Boyle was walking next to me, I'd have no idea who he is. 
like they just don't have enough options right now. But it kind of feels like the Jets know deep down the coaching staff. You can tell by the way Robert Sala looks. You can tell by the players. They just know they have. They're they're basically just carrying so much weight every single week. They have no margin of error. They're just almost like playing dead. So ultimately, I don't think the Chiefs' offense goes insane this game because this is a good pride game for the Jets. It's on the road. I'm going to go Chiefs 21-6. I know that's like a really kind of weird, kind of low-scoring game. I trust the Chiefs' defense to stop Zach Wilson. There's nothing from the Jets' offense that convinces me that they can do anything versus this defense. But I do think the Chiefs kind of keep a pretty conservative script for the most part, just kind of getting the ball out quick, not making a lot of turnovers or anything like that. Um, Maybe getting up like 14-0, then really like holding it back for the most part. But yeah, I I won't have the same blowout that I did last week. But I don't. I think the Chiefs win this game fairly comfortably. Tim Boyle out here catching strays on Kingdom Keys, unnecessary, quite frankly, Nate. I don't know. I think what he threw Tim five Boyle touchdowns to in college. I think someone told me that. You leave Tim Boyle out of this, okay? He didn't. <laughs> he didn't do anything. All right. This is a Zach. If you want to eviscerate Zach Wilson, he's earned it. Tim Boyle, I apologize for what Nate just did to you. Uh, Price, what's your uh, what's your prediction for Sunday night? feel bad for Jets fans, but I don't feel bad for the Jets organization. Sometimes you just got to do the idiot test of like, say it out loud. So we took a 40 year old quarterback who's been consistently more and more injured every year and made his best backup, the quarterback who failed us last year. And then to prop up the offense, we went and got the head coach that has been like one of the worst head coaches jobs we've ever seen. Like if you start saying it out loud, they should have had a better option in-house than Zach Wilson. I do feel bad for the Jets fans because obviously there's a ton of excitement and they've been a plenty of misery in there for them. Uh, but for the Jets organization, I mean, and also like I know they signed Alan Lazard, but really this offense is Garrett Wilson and then um, Aaron Rodgers' island of misfit toys. And it's it's not enough to prop up a quarterback like a backup or Zach Wilson. And, and frankly, I think they probably should have done a little bit more other than signing like washed up Dalvin Cook. Um, and they can't run the ball anyways. So I, you know, this is a team, this is the type of team that gives up, um, teams like the Cardinals, like the, the biggest mistake that we make is that we, we, every year we look at a team like the Dolphins or the Cardinals, we go, Oh, this is the worst team in the NFL. They're tanking. They're all about Caleb Williams. They're all about Trevor Lawrence. But in reality, the teams that usually end up being the worst teams in the NFL are the teams full of veterans, full of guys who've already been paid who are two months into the season, already talking about vacation. Whoever they don't they don't need to find their spot in the NFL. The Cardinals, they're all going out there every single day because like they're all trying to get a second contract. They're trying to find their path here. And like this is a team that can get ugly, right? There's a lot of hired guns here. Everyone came here for Aaron Rodgers, and instead they got the pip squeak at quarterback, right? Like Zach Wilson looks like a Disney, Disney movie villain. Um, I just, you know, cool. He slept with someone's mom, but it's just it's not enough to lead a locker room. And frankly, it, it is on the breaking point. And I, I could, the only way I can see this game even be remotely close is if the chiefs do the things that they've done in the past to make them lose games. They shouldn't, which is turnovers, special teams, errors, those type of things. Um, I agree. It's probably going to be mucked up a little bit more than we might be thinking, but I'm going to take the chiefs 25. Uh, we'll give them 28, 10. Like, you know, they, they probably get, you know, some short field or something and maybe they just are able to get a touchdown in, but I expect this to be a coming out party for the Chiefs defense. And I really hope that Trent McDuffie, George Karloftis, some of the players who are playing really well in this Chiefs defense besides Chris Jones, get some of the recognition that they deserve because like Trent McDuffie, like quiet superstar here in the NFL right now. Doesn't seem to be a lot of respect for the Jets chances of keeping this close. Maurice, you going to change that trend? 
No, I'm not going to change it too much. I feel bad for everybody that's going to be watching Sunday Night Football who was hoping to get, for once, Rodgers versus Mahomes. And here we are again, never going to get it probably, right? So um, I don't I don't think it's going to be close. I think I think the Chiefs will come out and they'll roll. I think the Jets will struggle. They may get a couple of shots in there. I'm going to go 31-12. I think they might score one touchdown, get a couple of field goals somehow like late in the game. Um, when Blaine Gabbert gets in there and throws a couple more interceptions, so, uh, so yeah, I think I'll go thirty-one ch- twelve Chiefs. I think it, I think it'll be uh, back up fourth quarter again. Well, I'm with you guys on the idea that there doesn't seem to be much uh, consternation of what kind of performance we're going to get from the Jets' offense, right? Like nobody seems to be thinking, well, if they do this or that, no. Not worried about the Jets' offense, therefore not worried about the Chiefs' defense. My biggest question is, which version of the Chiefs' offense are we going to get? Are we going to get the one we saw versus the Bears in Week 3, or are we going to get the one that looked a little clunky in Weeks 1 and 2 versus Detroit and Jacksonville? I, I know that Jets have a lot of firepower, but you think about sort of the perfect storm. You've got Sunday night football. Your quarterback, as you guys have all mentioned, is out for the season. Zach Wilson is reeling. The team is reeling, fighting for relevancy to stay in the playoff hunt, to stay in the mix in what's going to be a brutal AFC East. You got Taylor Swift in the house. It's primetime Mahomes, primetime Kelsey. Like This has the perfect storm of a Chiefs beatdown that's going to leave the Jets wondering, where do we go from here? We can't keep playing Zach Wilson. We're one and three. We have to salvage the season somehow. Like That's going to be the conversation in New York City on Monday I am going Chiefs 31, Jets 10. That's a cover. I think I'm taking the over. I, I do think the Chiefs, like last week, got me a little excited. You see them put up a 40-burger on Chicago. You say, okay, maybe they're back. Maybe they're humming. But I'm going to go with a moderate 31 points for the Chiefs in a 21-point win. Fellas, it's been a pleasure as always. Hopefully, we're treated to another blowout that we get to discuss next Saturday here on Kingdom Keys. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. For Price Carter, Nate Christensen, Maurice Elston, I am Nick Schwartz. So long. We'll talk to you guys next week. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.